So matrescence is the ending of one and the beginning of another version of yourself. And matrescence begins the moment you start to contemplate motherhood. That means that you've changed even before anything else has happened. We call it the inner split because that's what it feels like. It's your split in two. It's who you used to be and this new person that you're becoming. And matrescence is that process of trying to sew that split back up again and see who you are on the other side. This is about how you continuously shed who you used to be. All of that is the gift to be able to truly redefine ourselves. But if we don't have the word, if we don't have the understanding, and the opportunity is lost. Welcome to the Wildflow podcast with me, Charlotte Pronto, certified cycle and feminine embodiment coach and shamanic womb guide. In this podcast, I'll share my wisdom and conversations with powerful change makers thought leaders and embodied teachers to invite you to live cyclically in flow with your menstrual cycle instead of fearing it, to heal menstrual shame and normalize womb wisdom and period positivity, and to step into your sovereign magnetic power to create and embody the change you desire to see in your world. Settle in to unleash your wild flow. Welcome to our very first episode of season three of Wild Flow. You are in for a treat. What a cracking episode to kick us off with. I'm so grateful to have had Amy Taylor Cabaz come and speak to us in what was a really, oh, really emotional and deep and eye opening and heart expanding and oh, challenging conversation in some ways, but really inspiring and moving, all about matrescence. We've talked about what matrescence is, where this idea came from, whether it's new or old, and and why we need it, why motherhood has been so undervalued, the different seasons of motherhood and this the different phases of this rite of passage, this transformational process from being a woman in the world, to being pregnant, to becoming a mother and reintegrating into into the world, into life, into work, into relationships on the other side in those moments as well when you felt like, gosh, is this just all happening within? Is it just me? Does nobody else get this? Why do I feel so alone and lost and confused in this deeply spiritual transformational process that no one really talks about? Amy is a powerhouse. Let me introduce you to her. She is a best-selling author, speaker, journalist, matrescence activist, and mama of three. After more than a decade covering breaking news and current affairs for the ABC around the country, her traditional career took an unexpected turn when she found herself lost, overwhelmed, and diagnosed with a thyroid condition after the birth of her first daughter. 14 years and two more babies later, she's now the best-selling Hay House author of Mama Rising, the host of the Happy Mama Movement podcast, an internationally awarded life coach. She runs numerous online programs for mums all over the world and is an expert contributor to media outlets around the globe. 
She's also the creator of the number one iTunes meditation for children called Bedtime Explorers, which me and my kids have absolutely binged on in the past. It's wonderful if you have children who struggle to go to sleep. Amy just has this incredible voice that ah, rocks children off to sleep. And in 2019, Amy launched her world-first matrescence facilitator training called Mama Rising, where she shares her unique formula of coaching and support to help mothers transition through matrescence. In 2022, Mama Rising has been recognized by the International Coach Federation, which is the peak coaching body in the world. And she has currently more than 180 accredited Mama Rising coaches globally. Sit back, buckle in. This is a conversation for all women, whether you have children or not, whether you plan to or not. This is a really important conversation that we all need to hear and that more and more of us need to reclaim the word and the rite of passage of matrescence. Hello, Amy, and welcome to Wildflow. It's so good to have you here. I'm so looking forward to what I know is going to be a really potent, deep and juicy chat. So welcome. Oh, me too. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. Beautiful. So as always, I love to start with a cycle check-in. And um, so I think that we can, you know, be in our bodies and be oriented as well to where we're at in our cycles and in our cyclical nature and in relation to each other as well. So I'll go first and I'm bleeding. Um, I'm on day three and feeling um, I've had a very restful weekend, which was rare and lovely. And um, I'm feeling quite bright today. Um, because of of that, I think uh, um, just having that chance to be to be inwards and to be slow feels like it's given me a, a burst of energy for the week ahead. Um, I've got like this little tickle in my throat, so I'm hoping that's not going to be too much of an issue today, but, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I feel like I'm on this in in the winter, but I can see spring around the corner and we're just emerging into spring here in the Southern hemisphere as well. And it's a beautiful sunny day today. So it's definitely lifting my mood as well. Mm. And how about you? Are you happy to share if you have a cycle where you are and if that's something that you are used to connecting with and how you feel in that and if you don't have a menstrual cycle how you're feeling about maybe spring or or just how you're feeling in yourself today yes i do have a menstrual cycle um i've just completed ovulation which in in previous years in my history ovulation was often the most um kind of disruptive and traumatic part of my cycle I used to get still sometimes do a lot more sensitive angry quick to temper all of that when I ovulated rather than just before I bleed um, I have noticed that softening a little bit more as I um, I'm in my mid-40s but I've just had a beautiful weekend um, without my children and really had this urge to spring clean my house I was like at Bunnings, which if you listen to this outside of Australia, it's like a really famous hardware store. I was at Bunnings buying like the organizers and the plants and the whatever and really recognizing that that's also the season that was happening within me too. And today starting to feel a little bit more ah, settled, a little mm-hmm. bit more slow energies. So I have loved getting to know my cycle Um 
something I didn't do until I was in my 30s, really. Um, and now I have two teenage daughters and really talking to them about recognising their cycles and different seasons that they're in and um, really beginning to point out to them you know, especially my middle child, she's only 12, nearly 13. She's had her period for about a year and she'll sometimes say to me, oh, I'm just so angry today and I don't know why. It's just everyone's pissing me off. Like I don't even want anyone near them. I'm like, okay, and so where are you in your cycle? And starting to really start to help her see that there's nothing wrong with her, that it's not that there's something, you know, she's gone crazy for the day, that there's something here that she can acknowledge and then talk to us about. So it's been a great thing to be able to do that. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I just it makes me smile from ear to ear. I love that. I think that's mm. so beautiful and empowering for you to have learned that for yourself and then be able to hold that space for your children and to know that, you know, that's that's their cycle and that there's like you say, their body's talking to them in that. And um it's it's normal. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And thank you. So hearing you at the opposite pole of your cycle to me. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So um, that that might play out in our, how we relate to each other as well today. I um, was just sharing with Amy beforehand that this is the first episode I've recorded in um, a good couple of months, actually, um, because we've been renovating while we've been away. But as I'm bleeding as well, my brain feels a little bit more scattered, and so I've um, I've written some written some questions and notes to support me in that. So. Um, yeah, just sharing where I'm at and beautiful to hear where you're at. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. The topic of matrescence and, um, mummerizing. So your focus is on honoring, acknowledging, supporting and empowering, um, birthing women to birth their children, but themselves as well into the mother. And, um, in this modern world, when a woman is pregnant, it's obviously a beautiful, celebrated joyful thing um that's very magical and special but i think it's fair to say that on the whole the center of all of this is the baby not the mother um and you know i think my own personal experience i'm a mum of three small children um my oldest is seven i have really felt over those years that the focus needs to be much more on the mother than 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 the baby. Um, and that this is really a rite of passage that like all rites of passage, it happens whether consciously or not, whatever happens is the rite of passage. And this particular initiation, this rebirth of a woman into a mother is known as matrescence. And as somebody who, this is your body of work, this is your passion. I'd love you to share with us more about what matrescence is, where it came from, what it means to you. Matrescence was birthed, was given to us by a woman called Dana Raphael in the 1970s. She was an anthropologist, deeply passionate about motherhood, studying how motherhood was honoured and acknowledged in different cultures throughout history. And in the 70s, it was a really difficult time for um breastfeeding rates were very low in America. It was the real medicalization of childbirth. And she was deeply concerned about that and looked at what was happening. And at the time decided there were two things. She proposed two things needed to happen. One was a doula, someone in that 
uh, birthing room in that in her home who was representing and advocating for the mother, for the woman, to really support her in becoming a mother rather than it all being focused on the baby like you mentioned. And the second was matrescence, and which meant the period of transition from who she is to who she is becoming as a mother. She said, you know, at the time of birth, a mother is not birthed. We need to look at this period of transition and how we can better support her. But it wasn't really taken up, although doula was. Obviously, after some time, um, many women know a doula around the world and um, many now use them. Not everybody has that privilege, but it is something that is acknowledged. But matrescence was very much dismissed as some breastfeeding hippie woman's weird idea and was kind of relegated to the research papers for a long time until my mentor at Columbia University, Dr. Aurelie Athen, began to um, really look at her research was that when we experience the end of life with someone we love, it's very much a transformation of yourself. It's a spiritual awakening. And spiritual awakening meaning you your view of the world really transforms to include others differently. You look at the world differently after you've experienced death through someone you love. And so her question was, is there a spiritual awakening in birth? And not all podcasts can I use those words, spiritual awakening. I often talk about transformation or a change of point of view, but I know in this space with you, that is actually where her research came from. It was, we know that there is this spiritual awakening when you have seen someone die. You are never the same. Does the same thing happen when you give birth? And in that exploration, she uncovered the word matrescence and in her lab with her psychology students and after you know so much research and discussion, they came up with the definition, which is nowadays the most common definition of matrescence, which is matrescence is like adolescence. It's this period of transformation that a woman experiences when she becomes a mum. Just as a child experiences adolescence, she doesn't wake up on her 13th birthday and she's a teenager and she's done. I mean, sorry, she doesn't wake up on her 13th birthday and she's an adult and she's done. There is this big chunk of time where everything's changing, her body, her thoughts, her opinions, her identity. She's questioning everything. It's And we don't judge the messiness of that anymore. We now understand adolescence. We now put support pieces in place. We look at her through the lens of adolescence. And that's what we need with matrescence, that we need to look at this period post-birth. I think in my descriptions, in my experience and research, I think I would I like to define it as the seven years of your child's life. And so if you've got three children like you, it's the seven years of the last child. <laughs> but there's something in my experience that happens at that seven-year mark because they're settled into school. There is, I mean, if you're not dealing with a pandemic, um, you know, there's that bumpy start to school where you think you're going to get your life back and it's actually harder than you think it's going to be. And then by the time they're about seven, you kind of catch your breath and look around and go, whoa who am I now that that's done? That's not to say matrescence is not finished by any means, but I the, the part that fascinates me 
is that intensity of those first seven years. And so matrescence is a description that finally puts to words what every single woman knows. I've I've spoken to 80-year-olds who have tears in their eyes when I explain it to them. This is a universal experience of what happens to us when we become mothers and how it deeply transforms us and, yes, is a spiritual awakening if we have the right spaces to explore Mm. that. That's its gift if we know it's there. Incredible. I'm just sat here processing and receiving and just letting all of that land. I feel like you've um, summarized my experience for sure. And, you know, I think about when I had my first baby and I was pregnant and it was like, like, wow, you know, I couldn't believe there was this baby growing in my body. But the other thing was that I kept noticing that you know, people wanted to buy me things for the baby and it was what you're going to call the baby and have you got the right things for the baby and blah, 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 blah. And then I, I was given a baby shower. And I, the comment I walked away afterwards, the thing that really stayed with me from that event was I didn't need to be there. If I could have put my bump in that room, that would have been sufficient. It wasn't about me wow. and my inner world. And that wasn't to say it wasn't a beautiful occasion. It was done with such great love and and um, and care and precious people were there with, with all the love in the world. But what was going on for me in my inner world, I didn't know it at the time and I didn't label it at the time as spiritual awakening, but bloody hell, that's exactly what it was, yeah. um, was this sense of nobody can, why do I feel this huge separation from from everybody else and who I was and the world I um, knew and the way I lived and all the things, values, lifestyle, relationship, everything. Um, why do I feel this huge tearing away, this breaking away and like so much is changing and nobody can see it and actually I, I can't explain it there are no w- words to describe it, especially while you're in it. And it's, it's, it's just ha- starting to happen. Um, it was really painful, really painful. Yeah. We call it uh, in memorizing and in my work and in my book, the inner split. So it's so interesting that you just use that word because that's what it feels like. It's you're split in two. It's who you used to be and this new person that you're becoming. And matrescence is that process of trying to sew that split back up again and see who you are on the other side. But it reminds me, as you were speaking, I remember the birth of my first daughter was a train wreck. It was such a traumatic birth. And um, I remember sort of coming out the other side three days later and turning the TV on in the maternity ward that I was still in because we needed to stay in a bit longer and, um, and watching the news and thinking, oh, my God, the world has kept going out there. Like mm. it, it it honestly, it even brings tears to my eyes. I honestly felt like how could the world just keep going after what I've just been through? Like I am so different. I am changed forever because of that. And it was almost a shock and anger that, oh my God, the world is just continuing as if nothing's just happened over here. And it's that 
earth-shattering change that's only inside you while the rest of the world comes in and goes, oh, what a beautiful baby. And you're inside going, oh, my God, what the hell just happened to me? And that's what this word is gifting us, is this opportunity to talk to women about this transformation that we go through that isn't just a postpartum thing. You know, I think there's a lot of conversations happening around matrescence in the world now, and it's been attached to the fourth trimester or this postpartum care idea. And, of course, it's important for that. But like I said, I think the greatest opportunity for matrescence conversations is that this is something beyond when the baby goes to sleep and beyond when you hit the first birthday. This is beyond if they go to daycare or if you work. This is about how you continuously shed who you used to be, how you continuously question everything now. You view the world differently. Your relationships change. Your friendships change. You sit there with people who you used to get along so well with and now you're sitting there thinking, I just don't even know why I'm here. Like all of that is the gift to be able to truly redefine ourselves. But if we don't have the word, if we don't have the understanding then a woman internalizes it. She thinks there's something wrong with her and she puts the mask of motherhood back on and smiles and says, yes, whatever she needs to say to appear like she's coping and the opportunity is lost, Mm. you know, and I think that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, I I really, I really, I hear you and I feel you. I feel that so Mm. much. So why is matrescence becoming more, of a focus today you know you said it was um coined what 50 years ago what's happening in the world now that we are able to embrace this you know is is this the mama rising what's what's that about i think i think matrescence is rising now because so many of the conversations around the feminine is rising. This is hand in hand with so many of the other areas of a woman's experience that we are no longer going to be silencing. And you know, one of the one of the matriarchs, I guess you would call her, of motherhood studies in the world, Andrea O'Reilly, described uh, motherhood as the thing that feminism forgot. And I think we had so many profound changes due to feminism for such a long time. I mean, both you and I are here because of what was done all those years with feminist movements. But it is true that in the breaking down of those walls for so many women, we did leave motherhood behind. We overlooked it as a way of, as something we still needed to value and support. You know, you see it in workplaces, women have to pretend they're not mothers. Mm-hmm. you can't come to work and show that you're a tired mum because you will be looked down on you will lose opportunities you will lose promotions you will be overlooked all of it and we've gotten to the point now I think also COVID has played into that as well where we are no longer willing to sacrifice ourselves in this way and I think because of the movement in so many different ways of Me Too and the conversation around gender equality and the pay gap and all of those things, it just had to be the time where we looked 
towards the one thing that is still not on the agenda, which is parenthood. And this is not just for mothers, but for fathers and partners as well. You know, we can't sit there and talk about equality and ignore the season she's in. We can't ignore the fact that she, when she's at work, she wants to be at home. And when she's at home, she wants to be at work. We can't ignore that she simply doesn't have the ability to work the hours she used to anymore. And she won't for a few years. And instead of penalizing her for that, actually have an open and honest conversation about it and invest in her so she doesn't leave. This is what's been happening so often with motherhood and women working mothers is that they hit what is known as the maternal wall where they simply will not or cannot take the opportunities in front of them anymore because it will mean they can't be the mother they want to be. And so I think it's this beautiful melting pot of all these conversations. And I think there is an acknowledgement that the way we have been birthing, the way we have been feeling about this transition isn't working. And I think that matrescence, I say matrescence has the um has the potential to change the world. I know that's a big statement, but I believe because it comes to when you talk about matrescence, you're talking about the cultural assumptions of women, women, of parents, you're talking about equalities in the workplace, you're talking about the medicalization of, of illnesses or not even an illness of a natural process. You're talking about so many things that I think if we can start bringing that in, ah, it opens up so much. Tingles. <clears throat> I love this. I love this so much. That speaks to me. I think of my, you know, I left, I held on to my job through two maternity leaves and I went back after the second and you're not having a third, are you? It was actually said to me by my boss and I said, oh, of course mm-hmm. not. And it wasn't long until I unintentionally, mind, did fall pregnant with my third, but I, I hid it. And my contract came to an end and um, I it was taken up by a different, I was working at a university and so the project was taken up by a different, a different organization, different institution. And I was offered the job, but I said, I, I, I can't, I can't. Because of what you said, it would have meant commuting, exhaustion, doing something I no longer even cared about. That's it. I just didn't care anymore. It just... Yeah didn't have and I heard you speak on your own podcast I think it was where you were saying it has to be purposeful you need a you do need a purpose if you're going to be working you know giving your energy and your awareness your focus your passion all of that creative energy um to something else that's not you or your family especially when you're exhausted and juggling and paying daycare or whatever costs to cover it's got to be worth it it's got to be really um meaningful that's it and I think when you know I think that's another part of it not just you know obviously the conversation about rights and access and pay and leave and even just acknowledging I think you said you know in a different season of of, of life I'm not surprised that so many people, especially post-COVID, are just going, yeah, nah. you know, and that's well, what brought me to this work. 
Same. That's it. And it's mm. called the great resignation at the moment. Mm. And it's just this acknowledgement of, oh, I'm just not willing to sacrifice myself for this anymore. And look, obviously, I'm in a privileged position to have been able to step away from work and build this business. Um, by no means is it easy. And I've always had to earn money to contribute to my family. But I know many, many women don't have the luxury of just saying, you know what, it doesn't light me up anymore. I'm going to quit. But what I do think we can acknowledge here is that, and I love to talk about this because instead of a workplace seeing a woman and like you experienced, oh God, are you going to have another baby? Instead of seeing them through the lens of she's a liability for the next five years because she's mm -hmm. had a couple of kids and there's probably another one coming or something like that. Instead, seeing her as this wonderful new opportunity to explore how her brain has changed because of matrescence and motherhood. Explore what makes her light up now in this job? What are her ideas? If she's going to be away from her baby and she's going to have to be at work, she's going to want to make it count. So she is probably now more excited about future opportunities, making the company more green, making sure you have, you know, workplace policies in place, whatever it is that's lighting her up. There's an opportunity there for you to draw out her gifts rather than just dismiss her for the next few years because she's only ever going to be part-time and, you know, she's in the mum years. That's what I think, again, that this has a potential to change. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I you know, I, I've never been more creative than in those postpartum times of just this huge, you know, it's a, it's a physical creativity, but it's a... <clears throat> it's 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 on all levels and I think mm -hmm. you know like you say when she's at home she wants to be at work it's that like oh you know that tension and you know give give women that space to to really shine and, and to step into that mother quality or whatever it might be you know what that looks like in the workplace and bring that I think it's I think you're right I think that's such a it's so short-sighted short it's so patriarchal. It's so it is. And we can see in the number of, you know, mums in business, the number of mums as coaches, as healers, as all of these things, it's because something was lit inside of them mm. that said, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm going to step away and do it my way. And, man, if we could have the understanding of motherhood that is based in that around the world, it will be such a different world because we'll have mothers on boards and mothers mm -hmm. running companies because they don't, because they can't. You know, we have women in high places in some places now, but the number of mothers is even less. So, yeah. Oh, we could talk about mm -hmm. that forever. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. It's it really um, I can feel like this real fire inside me, mm -hmm. and I just when you were speaking before you were saying about matrescence having the power to change the world, that's how I think of menstrual cycle awareness, and mm -hmm. the two are so powerfully linked. They are an extension of a flow on from one to the other, and I, I you know how we how we treat our bodies, how we treat the feminine, how we treat. Um, the 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 woman in that phase of life you know from beginning her bleed through to motherhood you know birthing empowerment and through the other side how we treat that is a reflection of how we treat this earth and you know how the world runs and these acknowledgements of rites of passage in our um you know in the modern 
Western culture I speak to predominantly, it's it's just not there. It's completely lacking. And I love what you said at the start about adolescence as being this now more understood, more accepted um, process that does take this number of years, which I think is really beautiful to consider that matrescence can have can have that as well. And when I was thinking about what I um, wanted to speak with you about, it really came to me that, you know, the the concept of a rite of passage is that it's not just a snapshot in time. It's not like you say, you pop a baby out in whatever way that happens and boom, you're a mother. And, you know, it's not like, you know, you might have your first period, which is a snapshot in time, but there's so much more that goes on before and after, like you say. And so I really wanted to um, to go deeper into uh, like the seasons of motherhood or, and matrescence, if you know if that's something that you have connected with as well, and I feel like I feel like it is. And so, if if a rite of passage, and I love that you said it as well, you know, is a transformational process, a spiritual awakening. And if a rite of passage has these three different phases, which classically um, is known as the separation or exile from your initial, like your original identity. So, you know, woman in the world, no children, you know, this is who I am. This is the life I live. This is what I do. This is who I'm friends with, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like, you know, becoming pregnant or conception or potentially even before that, when someone's thinking about becoming a mother, is this first phase. I'd love to just touch on this very first phase. So if it's not this snapshot, can you share a bit more about what's going on for a woman at this time on these deeper levels and how could you, or how do you, through the work that you do, um, encourage women to to acknowledge this as, as an actual part of the process and, and thinking in practically as well um, in terms of how someone can support themselves, you know, maybe spiritually or practically for this very first point of matrescence at this as it starts to open, yeah. this portal opens. Well, I love this question so much because I think we often think of matrescence as that point beginning with birth. Um, but my teacher, Dr. Athens, says matrescence begins the moment you contemplate motherhood. Because, and if anyone listening has is a mother, you'll know this, it's that moment of, um, oh, maybe I want to have a baby, or that moment of peeing on the stick and realising, oh, my God, I'm having a baby. And from that moment on, everything starts to look different. You know, even that moment of I think I might want to get pregnant and it takes years mm -hmm. to become pregnant, think about the exile that's included in that. Suddenly in our culture, you know, that is so heavy on drinking at social situations. You are feeling different in those situations. We often keep it silent mm -hmm. that we're trying to fall pregnant. And so there's this real, which I think is a big problem, a part of our culture that I'd love to change is this normalizing pregnancy, miscarriage, all of that, because the exile that happens in that isolation of not being able to talk about it. This real sense of secrecy that is held around this, I think really does contribute to the experience. And again, if you are not aware that something has already shifted in you, 
So matrescence is the ending of one and the beginning of another version of yourself. And matrescence begins the moment you start to contemplate motherhood. That means that you've changed even before anything else has happened. Mm. Just the thought of how would my life be different if I had a baby? That has begun to change you. I think that's that gives me goosebumps. That's so exciting. And so therefore, you know, the the logical researcher in me goes down the path of thinking, well, does that mean that people, that women who have contemplated being pregnant and decided not to go through with it, have they experienced matrescence? And my answer is yes. There is matrescence of termination, of abortion, of mm. miscarriage, because the quest this is not a physical thing. Matrescence doesn't mean I held a baby at the end. We have a amazing coach and facilitator in Mummerizing who is doing matres- who's teaching and supporting women through the matrescence of adoption. Mm. Because, okay, the baby may not have been birthed through you, but there is a complete identity shift, the way you view the world, the way you look at yourself, the way you feel within um, your culture and your society and your family. So I think that first part, if we could imagine the difference, I often like to think, imagine what difference it would make if... All of that was normalized. That if in a season of life you began to contemplate becoming a mum and you knew that how that changes things in terms of what you want to do on the weekend and what you want to talk to your mum about and how you connect with people and how you view your job, that's all part of the preparation. What difference would that make? I know for Mm. me personally, it would have made that crash landing on the other side completely different because, as I think I said before, I went into it assuming that nothing would change other than I had a baby. It was like adding an extra pair of shoes to my wardrobe kind of thing. It was, which sounds crass, but do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I was determined to not let anything else change. I would just add a baby to the mix. If I had known that even when I was secretly pregnant and no one knew at work and instead of researching the next story, I was on the due date calendar and I was figuring out, oh, but if it was born on that date, would it be a Gemini or would it be a, like I was just obsessed with figuring all those little things out. If I knew that that was part of this beautiful process beginning, that would have felt very, very different to me. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, and I, what landed for me at that point was this redefinition of motherhood, mm-hmm. you know, this, this mother phase of life. If we think about, you know, that life cycle, it's, you know, traditionally taught as, as like age 25 to age 50 is like this mother phase of life. And it doesn't even need to include having a baby, mm-hmm. but it's that, it's that almost maturation that happens. But with matrescence, it's like, you know, this, this contemplation of, like you say, what would my life be like and whatever path or outcome you go down, you're, you have shifted, you have shifted profoundly. Mm. That's it. And that is the purpose of the feminine. 
mm-hmm. is to shift and grow and shed the old and birth the new. This is what we do every month. This is what you teach in your work. This is yet another example that I've changed now. I've contemplated something. I've looked at something and it's changed me and I'm letting go of old ideas and I'm preparing for new ideas. This is the beautiful cycle that I wish we knew, we all knew. Um, And I think so beautifully ties in with what you were saying before, that if we can understand this even as their first period and understand this as these seasonal changes that a woman goes through, then I think we stop attaching ourselves to who to one version of ourself. Mm. And for me, that's what the struggle with that first birth and first few years really of motherhood was all about, was that I was still so attached to that old version of myself because in a way I felt exiled. I I, I wasn't who I used to be. I wasn't at work like I used to be. I didn't fit in like I used to. I, it was that real sense of I was lost. Mm. I didn't know. And I thought the path was back to who I used to be. Yeah, back to who you used to be. Mm. And it's inevitable. You're just not going back. You're not. Mm. No, just as a child will never, just as an adult will never be the child again. You take parts of your childhood with you. Mm -hmm. But once you've gone through adolescence, you can't, that's it. You're done. You know, you're never going back to that person, that version of yourself. Mm -hmm. But you get to pick and choose what you carry with you, which is Mm -hmm. what we can do with this. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Which brings me to the next phase, if you like, of this, you know, this transformation of Might of Passage. So the next part is, is this transition and you know that might be birthing and as you've mentioned you know I'm going to broaden that then to include miscarriage or adoption or choosing not to have a child or whatever it is um infertility not being able Mm -hmm. to um you know whatever it is is that is that transition from one identity to the next and I think that was for me that when it happened when I did give birth I remember leaving the hospital and just being in a daze and just, you know, I think it took me, it took me years to be honest, years and years. And I think it's, you know, it's this ongoing process. I love what you said as well, just to jump out of that about, you know, the youngest child It's like that seven year cycle. And yeah, it's, I can feel it's still working me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, back to what I was just saying was that, um, <laughs> you know, there's just so, so, so much happening. And when, you know, when I think of it as like the pain of that matrescence not being acknowledged, like we need acknowledgement, we need to be seen as all of this is, all of this conversation is is saying is that, you know, it's very much this inner process, but we need the language, we need the concept and we need, you know, a rite of passages about being accepted into the new group or identity or, whatever you know being you know we we are told you're a mother now you've got a baby or you're not a mother because you don't have a baby but it's this inner shift this spiritual awakening this this deep transformation that not being acknowledged is what we're all craving and when we go to mother's group it's all what's your baby sleeping because we don't we don't know any how to have those deeper conversations and admit that vulnerability of what's going on. And, you know, I'd love to hear from you because my, my work and my 
viewpoint is that you know it's it's like the women's circles it's the ceremonies it's the rites it's all of that kind of you know these more sacred experiences where we can acknowledge and, and give a safe space for someone to to voice what's going on for them but you know how can we take that out into the mainstream mm. well I think it's what we were trying to do with those mothers groups was bring them together but again it was the assumption of the baby's age and location of birth so you know in a way I kind of want to acknowledge yeah good try guys but not quite right kind of <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing um and I think even if you did have a great connection with your mother's group um you know you can you can feel that you're there for that particular shared experience which is important but like you said we don't have the language or the tools to be able to explore anything more and that is an in is an interesting thing to contemplate because here's where my brain goes with it what I would love is for those mothers group to have a facilitator who understands what matrescence is and, yes, sits there and talks about introducing solids and sleep, safe sleep practices for your baby, but then also starts talking about how motherhood changes your relationships and how you feel about returning to work and how you feel about your body and all those different things. But I think to do that in a safe way, we need to understand matrescence before the mm-hmm. pregnancy. Because you are presenting something to a very vulnerable, raw, uncertain group of women who do not know each other. And it is a sacred space that is needed here. And so I think that's why women like you and I are stepping into those spaces and holding them instead, because it is not something, again, that can be medicalized and be tick a box and tell me which suburb you live in and let's all get together and let's just do this. Will it be one day? I hope so because I hope the whole way we approach pregnancy and birth is completely transformed. And instead of it seen as something you do in a hospital that has to be managed, we instead start empowering women in a very different way, bringing back the midwife-led practices and all of those things. In that space, then, yeah, you can gather mothers together in a random group and start talking about the beautiful things. But I think what I would like, that's what I would like to see, of course. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I think that's why what you do and what I do and what so many of the Mama Rising coaches are doing is so important because in a way we just need to be out there and say what you're feeling is normal and what you're seeking is here, come sit with us. That's what I feel we need to be doing right now. This is to so, so many this conversation is not able to land yet because they are still on the treadmill of life and worried about getting back to their job and how they're going to make things work and all of it. And, you know, I think we're at the beginning of a movement. I think we're at the beginning of the waking up. The waking up. I think we're at a time where this is beginning to shift and change but it's going to be with us in small groups first. And then the, we call them call it the whispers of matrescence. We'll start to work 
And eventually, this will be a part of the curriculum at schools, the way you prepare for birth and all of it is this acknowledgement of how you change within this as well. Hmm. It's a very long-winded answer, but that's... No, I love it. I have thought about it a lot. Yeah. I I think, you know, I think that's the reality of it, isn't it? It's the the long-term vision and the desire for this. But really, it comes down to a a system, global system change, a whole world view tipping Uh, upon its head and reclaiming, you know, and centering the feminine and all of in in everybody and in all things. But until we get to that point, it's how can we how can we weave this in there and make it accessible and relatable and not woo-woo, witchy, weird? That's it. And that's Mm. why one of our goals with Mama Rising is we're building a um, matrescence training program and um, re-entry program support for women returning to maternity from maternity leave for businesses. And very much a part of that is the education of management and HR. And, you know, we're dropping all of the language around the spiritual awakening and we're, you know, only just focusing on strengths-based and Mm value-based exercises rather than, you know, trust the universe and all the things that we do within Mama Rising because we meet them where they are. We know this is a spiritual awakening. We know this is the return of the feminine. We know what this is. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, having witnessed so many women deep in their masculine, deep in ambition, deeply disconnected from their own feminine. If you meet them where they are, but then just whisper these little whispers of matrescence, it is phenomenal how the eyes light up and something begins to shift. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do that gently in some of the cases. Um, You know, we're asking for a reordering of the world here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and as my divine mentor dr athens says you know amy the changes that we want to see will not be in our lifetime mm. not 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 to the scale that we want it will not be in our lifetime but that's okay mm-hmm. that's okay that's what we're doing mm. Mm. oh tingles mm. it's that sowing of the seeds and yeah. trusting that with gentle watering by us and the world, um, the people in our worlds, and those who who really feel the um, the mission as well, you know, into the future. And it's it's so the same with with sharing cycle awareness. It's you know, not everyone is ready for this, and there's so much taboo around it still. But dropping these little yeah. seeds for people to pick up when they're ready. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's that has to be enough. We have to have peace with that as well. I think so. I just wanted to 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 close the loop, if you like, and you know, I think you've you've just spoken to this so beautifully. But just want to touch on, you know, that that third phase of a rite of passage of being like the integration, like the coming out the other side. You're in in this new phase and making sense and bringing all of the pieces together back to the whole. And, um, you know, I was thinking about, like, we've, we've really talked about this, but that that new mom who's got to go back to the world and pick up the pieces and, and get back in and, you know, whether that's with great zest and joy and, like, I'm ready and I want to go back or whether that's the woman who's like, no, fuck that, I don't want to go anywhere near it. Yeah. 
um, you know, I think that, you know, I would love to hear what you've said about, you know, that you're doing a lot of work and support around that and education on that for, you know, both organizations, but, you know, individuals as well about how to, how to integrate in, in that space. And, you know, it's like that final piece of the puzzle that, you know, like you said, doesn't end, it goes on. Is there anything you just want to add to that, that part of that process? Yes, I think before, I think during the integration period and before returning to the world in a way, what I have seen is the most powerful is this understanding of both the cultural explanation of why we feel the way we do and the personal exploration of what this means for me. Um, for a long time before I really understood matrescence as in the historical context, it was all very much a personal, it was personal work. It was what type of mother do I want to be? Who do I want to be? What are my values? How am I going to do this? What is my strengths? All of those things. And that helped her return to the world stronger about who she was to some degree. But what I have seen happen with the true transformation of this work now is to bring in this understanding of the patriarchal assumptions around womanhood and motherhood and really putting in this cultural context of, you know, motherhood is not valued. That's why you feel invisible at home. It's not because you're a bad mum and you feel like you haven't been productive today because all you did was play Play-Doh and make 17 sandwiches and clean three bottoms. You know, for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me. I wasn't a good mum because I didn't feel productive. I didn't get to the end of the day and go, yeah, high five, Amy. Wow, you nailed that bedtime story. You know, it was only when I began to see, oh, this is because what I have done all day has been invisible and not valued by the world. And so how do I make myself feel valuable and visible to myself? Mm. And then... Yeah, I know, right? Mm. Valuable and visible to myself. myself. Yeah, because what happens is we see, we feel so invisible and so undervalued that we then get angry at our partners for not seeing us. Mm-hmm. I hear you on that one. And done we'll that. Leave that there. We've all just we've all done that. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's because you're invisible. And you've spent your whole life trying to be visible because what we value in this world is being visible and productive and successful. And so you put a woman with a new baby behind closed doors and leave her there for six months, 12 months, and the only time you bring her out is to sit in groups of women who also talk about their babies, and you wonder. (laughs) You wonder why she feels the way she does. Mm. So before she emerges, whether that's, to go to mother's group, back to work, whatever that is. She needs this space to do both of those things that I said, understand why she's feeling the way she is. It's got nothing to do with her not being a good mum. And secondly, then claim for herself how she wants to feel about this. And then she can go back to work and she can tell her boss quite clearly, I'm only doing two days a week. And some might roll their eyes in in the office and she's okay. You know, it might hurt, but she's okay. She can come back to what her values are right now. I think when you asked me before about the seasons of matrescence, I think there is 
there is some work in the world around the different stages of matrescence. But for me, it is a season of life that everything is different. And the greatest peace we can find with this time in our life is to accept this is just a season of my life. I will return with my ambition. I'll be different. I'll never be the same again, but actually I'll be better because I would have gone through this awakening where I don't give a shit what you think about me anymore. I know who I am. I have my values. This is what's important. Do what you like. You know, that's the most awesome gift of all of this. That's when we step back out into the world and take on the world and change the world. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, sister. Um, Yeah. So emotional in there when you were saying, um, saying, saying those, those words, that last piece, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to just cry. And then, and now I just feel as well with those last words, just so, you know, this is such a gift. This is so important. It's important to, with any transformation to feel the fire and the depths and the grief and the loss and the chaos of it. But that is an alchemical process you go through to come out the other side, like you said, stronger, knowing who you are, able to hold the boundaries and express your yes and your no and all of those things that you talked about. And that's how, you know, it's it's mothers who change the world and not, not just when I say mothers, women who, you know, um, who've been through this identity shift, yes, baby or not. Yes, through mm. the awakening mm-hmm. of honouring the changing feminine within them yeah. and, and you know, denying that overly masculine energy. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what this, for me personally, that has been my journey of matrescence is to let go of that overly masculine energy within me and allow myself to slow down and soften and trust and change and change my mind. And my youngest is eight, Mm. nine. And so this has been a 14-year journey and I can honestly say, yeah, about 18 months ago or so something started to shift. I was like, I think I know who I am now. And then I'm about to go into perimenopause and change all over again. So, you know, isn't it great being a woman? That's so amazing. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating because that's... Here we go again. You know, that's not just you. That's that's the pattern. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. you know, this never-ending cycle of, of transformation and, um, you know, wow, I can't wait to see who we all are post-menopausal, some seriously yeah. badass women. Seriously badass women. Yeah. And I think the world is changing in preparation for us being at that stage. I honestly think... Mm-hmm. Watch out. Yeah, Watch out. So exciting. So exciting. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much. I just would love to close this conversation, which has just been like the best way to start this new season. And just so oh, um inspiring and moving and emotional and evocative and all of the things for me. Um tell us, tell us about where people can find you and specifically as well, because I know you have a podcast and a book, but the Mama Rising coach training that you have, which congratulations, by the way, I saw you just got your accreditation. That's so awesome. Yeah. Tell us about it. So Mama Rising was birthed a few years ago. 
um, but has gone through its own matrescence journey in a way of when I first, with my work with Columbia University and Dr. Athen, really she very much encouraged me and helped me see that after so many thousands of women's, women in my programs that I really had my own kind of formula of support through matrescence that I knew worked. And so went down the path of really um, obviously trademarking that, but really honing it in as this sp- very specific coaching style for mums. Having been a coach for a decade, no, maybe eight years, nine years, um, I know that to support a woman in that very particular vulnerable place of that matrescence experience, um, sometimes traditional coaching methods is quite toxic. Um, we really need to meet her where she is. This is not so goal orientated as self exploration orientated. And uh, so, over the last few years, this beautiful baby mum arising, which started out as a matrescence education program, really, for anyone who wanted to know more about matrescence and how I've done what I've done, has just recently been um, acknowledged by the International Coaching Federation as a coaching training program and is now a five-month certification broken into three parts. The first part is very much the cultural history and understanding a lot of matricentric feminism, it's called, so feminism through the eyes of matrescence and, like, all of the activist stuff. We, you know, go into what happened to women and we're all, you know, mm-hmm. that's where everyone gets angry. It all went wrong. How do we get here? Because we have to understand how we got here to know how to change it. Then the middle part is very much that unique coaching formula that I have developed over those years, and we do that both for each other and for ourselves in the middle module. And then in the third part of the training, it's very much the coaching training, so coaching skills, active listening, you know, powerful questions, how to hold space, how to um, recognize trauma, all of those things. So this beautiful training is... Um, is just one of the most phenomenal things in my life. I can't believe I get to do this. And I have uh, women from all over the world, Kenya, Egypt, Costa Rica, uh, everywhere, wanting to do this to spread the words of matrescence in their own language and in their own way. And uh, so we are now opening enrollment for that twice a year from 2023. So enrollments will open in February and August for each intake. Uh, beyond that, as you said, I have a podcast called The Happy Mama Movement, which comes out every week. You can find on your podcast player. Uh, my website is amytaylorkabaz.com and same on Instagram. But I will also add that please go and have a look at mamarising.net. These are our divine coaches and facilitators. These are the women who are out there holding circles in birthing rooms, in yoga studios, in corporate workplaces. If you want to uh, work with a matrescence coach, if you want to see what is happening with this around the world, go to mummarising.net because these women are phenomenal and they're the ones out there now really doing this. Mm. Incredible. Just huge congratulations and thank you for the incredible work that you do and the work that you have given as a gift to your coaches to be able to spread that and hold that space and empower that that transformation all around the world it's so inspiring personally I'm so inspired by by you um but just really feel 
so grateful that we have your work in the world. Thank you. you. Well done. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for a gorgeous conversation, Amy. I've loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're loving this podcast and you'd love to help me spread the wisdom shared, please leave a review or rating or share this with somebody who you think would love to listen in. I'm really passionate about creating ripples of change and getting this information to more women, girls and people with a cycle so that they can reclaim their cyclic natures too. And if you'd love to dive in deeper with learning more about how to connect with your cycle and rites of passages, come and join our free Wildflow Circle community or choose a course and learn with me on my online learning hub. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well and go with the flow of your cyclic nature.